Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host Ian and as always I'm here with Lewis. Hello Lewis. Hello there. How are we doing? Good thank you, good thank you. Really uh, interesting episode chalked out for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, So uh, first of all Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, Apologies for the very very long gap between episodes for Lewis and I the second half of last year was just very very crazy on a personal level um we were both in our own worlds had an awful lot going on and Indeed. um we just didn't quite timing just never worked out did it Lewis not at all no lots of travel um yeah lots of different uh roadblocks but, yeah and then Christmas happened so you know yeah happy yeah. happy new year um, I was hoping we'd get this out around September time so we could, you know, uh, celebrate our sixth anniversary. Thank everyone for the continued support. Still get, you know, regular kind of positive comments and people liking it and, you know, numbers are still decent and stuff. So, again, thank you, everybody, for sticking with the podcast. Um, the one thing we did get to do late last year was a crossover podcast with the collateral cinema podcast where we reviewed um cowboy bebop we had a look at the tv series and the movie which was a really good um chat actually wasn't it it was a good good time with those guys yeah that was a really good one um really con- constructive is uh it was great to kind of like share like the vocal space as well with like th- you know three other people at once mm. um mm. it got a, a lot of cool discussions going yeah it was good and um, we will definitely collaborate with those guys again at some point in the future we've bouncing a few ideas about so um yeah listen out for that um so today i've picked a couple of ovas though I've, I've just got this kind of pot of stuff that i wanted to talk about at some point over the over the course of the uh podcast sort of history um and uh so i've kind of picked two out of that so a couple of unreleased ovas toei and Yagami Kun's Family Affair. I picked these two because they both, um, for me at least, I saw them a long time ago. I haven't seen these, both of these OVAs, maybe 15, 16, sort of mid to late 2000s. Um, but they were kind of intriguing for their own right. Um, and these are both obviously your first time viewing these, aren't they, Lewis? Indeed they have been. And we'll dig into a little bit of history, certainly from from my point of view, when we get into the reviews. So, let's crack on. first review today is Toei. This is a one-episode OVA released in October 1987, directed by Mamoru Hamatsu, who Western audiences 
probably would recognise uh, some of the other works, Beat X and Heroic Legend of Alsan. Uh, animation production was by Gallup. It was based on a manga by Atsushi Kamijo and ran from April 1985 to March 1987. Um, it was never released officially, but there is a very nice fan sub taken from the Japanese Blu-ray released by the Orphan fan subgroup. A brief synopsis. Gasp is a popular alternative band. Conflict arises when the lead singer Toei is offered a pop idol contract that stipulates he leave the rest of the band behind. So, Lewis, uh, yes. what did you think of Toei? Oh, it, what a visual spectacle. Really, um, yeah. you know what, it, I was, I don't know what I thought or was thinking coming into it, but I, it, it did just immediately capture me. I mm. really love the animation detail. Mm. I love how fast everything moves. It's like, it's a lot of like, it's doing a lot of show, don't tell. Yes. Um, so yeah. the detail in each scene is like great. And the, like, the, there's only like, there's very comparatively little dialogue yes. going on with whatever's like happening on screen. So you just get drawn into this world that's like moving quickly around you. Yeah. It feels like, it just feels like you're getting like pulled through it. Um, but all of it's like just so beautifully animated. It's like it it focuses a lot on like movement. Mm. So like, I feel the the creativity in the scenes where yeah, yeah. music's being played, like even vocals. Like I'm not sure if that's like a creative choice or a or a budget choice. <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> vocals would have ruined those scenes because it's it's much like the kind of the books I liked as a kid where they didn't have any words. It was just pictures, <laughs> and you could yeah. just kind of go through and like. The pictures were telling you what was happening. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. So it was a very absorbing world, and I haven't seen anything really of that kind of like animation style. I think it's very unique. Um, you know, certain like moments in uh, old uh, old animation pieces where they they put a lot of effort or they outsource it yeah, to the studio yeah. to focus on a certain amount of time. There's you get like a certain fluidity to that, but this is it almost feels like how would I put it like. Um, What's the what's the name of the director who's got a very stylistic approach to like comic strip um, storytelling, as if the story is being told and you're facing the scene as like a part of it. Um, uh, Fantastic oh, Mr. Fox. Uh, yeah. Um, Why am I forgetting his name? Wes Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I'm not saying it's got the same like color structure and scene structure, but it does. It feels like very nuanced in the way the camera moves through. Um, and focuses on well, yeah. sorry, the, the way the scenes move through and the, the animation focuses on movement of like hands playing a guitar or it could be something yeah, simple definitely. like leaving a note on the desk. So it's just very like, artistically, it pulled me in. Yeah, because it is an interesting piece because it's a story that you can well believe kind of happens with fledgling bands and, you know, sort of tyrannical, selfish music producers and band managers and you know who are always just looking to cash in on the next hot thing but at the same time it does kind of feel like someone actually just had wanted to kind of put a load of music videos together um and really wanted to animate and i get that and and there's this kind of story that strings it together because it's Mm. it's a but i quite like the fact that it's this kind of snapshot in time yeah um oh yeah you're just transported there yeah yeah, because uh, Justin Tavakis did a one of his buried treasure articles on this maybe ten years ago, mm-hmm. um, which I read after I I saw it for the first time, and um, 
And yeah, because one of the things he describes in there, which is quite interesting, which now that having, you know, actually been to Japan um, as well, he says it paints like this really kind of picture of everyday Japan almost. Mm. Yeah, um, a real it's a real era piece. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. You are pulled into the world with the, yeah, definitely. the, the detail yeah. of each scene and the way uh, life moves around. Um, I would agree. I would agree with that. Because from a character point of view, it, it's... Because it's only 55 minutes. It's not a particularly long OVA. No. Um, but it's how it portrays that whole character of to- of Toei. Because um, yeah. he, you know, he comes off as a bit of an asshole, really, doesn't he? He's a bit yeah, 100%. narcissistic, uh, a bit nonchalant. You know, he's absolutely in mega demand, and he's just not bothered by it. You know, yeah. and he just has this kind of lonely drifter sort of vibe about him. Um, yeah, the mysterious, yeah. handsome, yeah, like got everything going for him. Yeah, fight the system. Yeah, like that. That they're, they're the what I really guiltily like about this is where I, you know, I'll complain in like past podcasts about the, the there being like no character arc. Yeah. There are none. There are no character arcs here, really. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, but the story arc is perfect because the characters don't need to change because, like, you're present because there's so little dialogue and so little character building. Everything's presented to you in scenes. So the scene yeah. tells you a little bit more about them, about their values and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. you're you're attached to them on a, on a, on like a um, a first meeting thing. So you don't have to yeah. actually sit through hours of their dialogue to discern the exposition or hidden trauma of their character. They just are who they are to presented to be. Yeah. So it, it's almost like being taken down a Disney ride rather than exploring a maze of like you know a character's background. So that the actual arc of of the story itself. Like, I mean, I wouldn't say the music in any way is particularly special. No, um, I agree. I wouldn't say any of the characters are particularly special. Yeah. But like each and every single one of them have their track line in this. Yeah. And they're yeah. all they're all perfect. They're the, the, it's the exact dynamics you need. They're like the overarching uh, producer manager who abuses a position of power to get what they want. Um, you know what they, their values are and you know what they're after. Toy, who's just like this... You know, kind of like I don't care, badass, all the way through, yeah, yeah, and and still gets the the, the plot line he wants, or like you know has, has yeah. fought for. But you know, and I think that's what I would say. Like, I, I don't know why I'm raving about this so much. I just particularly like this is probably one of my favorite ones um, I've watched for a podcast or for this podcast since oh, Vampire really? D. Since Vampire D, I'd say. Right. Yeah. Wow. I just found it that that unique. <laughs> it is. It is a very. I have to agree because I never seen anything that's quite like this. One one with the music, and like just that, you know, beautiful sort of depiction of the music videos and people dancing and whatever. Yeah. Have this microcosm of somebody's life, you know, kind of played out so well. Um, mm. It's it's very very. Yeah, it's really, really unique. Um, there's no flight of fancy in it at all. It's very, very no. grounded, like yeah. which is really unusual, even for a lot of slice of life type anime. Um, to be this kind of almost true to life and this grounded is really, really rare. Yeah, I w- I would say it's one of those. It's like stumbling upon something that's like 
oh wow now you can see it was way ahead of its time yeah yeah definitely yeah like, it's an era piece but like it's it's like a time capsule yeah in that way where it's it's perfectly preserved it's like it was destined to be ahead of its time and its yeah yeah and stuff like that there are a few tropes and you know stupid things about it but altogether like as a period piece yeah visually some yeah. of the most enthralling stuff you could probably watch yeah yeah it definitely has an impact i mean it must have been mind-blowing in 1987 yeah Absolutely i mean they, they've got they've even got like the because the love is there in yeah scene. yeah it's like it's not it's not like you know it's not this low budget smart anime that we'll get into in a minute <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it is that it is that you know even the the iconic moves where the the in the final moments where I mean I don't really want to spoil it I think it's that good yeah but there's just you know the, the iconic animation of rock moments and stuff yeah like that yeah and the yeah juxtaposition and no one really gets punished yeah everyone kind of wins everyone gets what they want like yeah and it's like and then you know there's no real antagonist in this is there as such no. The system is the antagonist. It's just like yeah, yeah, and everyone's got their own view of the system. Yeah, because I mean, like things you were saying, like with the show not tell, there's lots of like really kind of symbolic little visual details in it, like that bit where the um, gas uh, poster peels off the lamppost when the concert's mm. cancelled. You know, it's like the you know the concert's cancelled, so the poster's peeling away off in the wind, and um, there's this bit where they, uh, uh, Toei and uh, I think it was Sunoco, where they're kind of talking, or there's like mood, and it's in place cards, you know, um, yeah, that, that yeah, black and white cards that come up to say what's going on. I mean, it's little, it's little touches like that that are really, really deft. Um, you know, really, really deft. Yeah, it, it's like it, it trusts the viewer. Yeah, yeah, to pick up on the nuances. Yeah, because even in like, and that's difficult from I guess even even further from. An animation perspective that uh, something that moves so fast. Yeah, yeah. It's because like it's not. It's never said outright that uh, that Katao is is the one responsible for cancelling their gig. Yeah, yeah. But it's all it's it's implied, and then they come out and eventually say like, oh, yeah. you know, your tickets are valid for this other your tickets for, yeah, for um, Akawa, yeah, but yeah. now valid for yeah, yeah Akawa as like there's some sort of like you know systemic punishment for not being yeah. under her thumb. Yeah. Um, so and and you know and like he never addresses it. He never yeah, gives that yeah. like he never addresses it to the character uh, to the camera because you know from the presentation of him is that he's not he's not going to be one to like react. Yeah, in that way. yeah, yeah, definitely. So so it's like his his reaction is going to be somewhat of something of a rebellion once he's had his like kind of like melancholy moment. Definitely, definitely. As you referred to, sort of topping it all off is this absolutely stunning animation. Mm. The fluidity of all the dancing and the movement of all the the characters while they were either playing instruments or recording is, you know, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of other little like visual flourishes as well. Um, there's this bit where Koto and Toei are on a rooftop, and I'm sure someone just wanted to animate like laundry fluttering in the wind. Yeah, yeah, they really wanted to show it off. And they're, they're like, wow, there's going to be so much like time to do detail on something like this. Maybe I'll be able to get something in for my showreel. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> for next, exactly. For my next animation gig. Um, you know, like take the, take your take your winnings. Yeah, exactly, because there's loads and loads of really, really kind of nice detail in mm. all of that. Um, really, really nice detail. As good as it all is, I have a couple of little things that, that do kind of bug me about it as well. Um 
the relationship with Nia, who's this kind of weird cat girl that hangs around with Toei, that whole relationship's a bit odd. She's obviously very young, the end credits show in this schoolgirl outfit. Um, she's really protected of Toei as well, you know. Um, and she has this rival with Sonoko, who's like another friend of Toei's that hangs around and they all share the same bed sort of thing. Um, that was a little bit, I don't know, it was just a bit weird. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think I think I had, I had a problem. I was worried about it at the start, um, but then it doesn't because you said it's quite grounded. Yeah, um, and it doesn't really explore it, and it only kind of like she's just kind of this like supporting, yeah, uh, groupy character. Uh, but everyone treats her in an adult way. Yeah, and he he's like an older brother. Yeah, and then he goes out of his way to call her a friend just to clear the, the kind of like yeah. But it is. It, I think what I like about it is it, it allows you to kind of make your own mind mm, up about it the characters um, and their relationships. So I kind of forgave that for that. There are like there are some like kind of odd moments that you know, you know would they don't stand up to today. But I would say overall, because I I, I basically overcame that like kind of fear about it after about halfway. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Because I kind of feel like Toei, Nia and Sonoko are like this kind of collection of lost souls that kind of all found each other sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's that kind of element to it, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they're in like a... like For me, like what I took away from the dynamic at the end on reflection was like I thought Toei and Sonoko were like essentially just like co-living you know they're just partners yeah yeah you know, yeah, ca- yeah very casual partners yeah. and they're assuming this almost like mother father role yeah for um for Nia. And Nia. yeah um and like that kind of relationship comes in when she like comes to present yeah. after the kind of that scene where she comes to present um uh, Sonoko with uh, a gift or yeah, something like yeah. that like it's like a it's like a dad and daughter yeah yeah, the yeah. Home kind of thing yeah so there's like a lot. There's loads of different interpretations, and that's why I think I'd like ultimately I'd recommend anyone. To yeah, watch yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it's an absolute must see. Um, mm. It's a definite must see. It's so kind of unique. Um, and interestingly, you know, I had I got my notes here, but you know, I had a bit of a problem with the ending when I watched it. Um, but like talking yeah. it through with you, I think because it is that kind of snapshot of time yeah. but actually maybe i can forgive because it's got a bit of a non-ending but i i can reconcile that because it is this snapshot in time and and it's nothing more and nothing else you don't need to know what's gone on before and you don't really need to know what's gone on afterwards um it's yeah. just this yeah so yeah it's like getting dropped off at the station uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, the, when when the final scene it hits you're like you're like wait don't go yeah yeah and then you yeah, realize yeah. you realize that oh that's that you know that's probably perfect. Yeah, that's definitely. Any longer, that's. What I, know, I think that's the the real the real gem. Uh, this is probably the cherry on top of the icing on the cake for this is the fact that it's it's one of those things that it leaves you. You don't leave it behind. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like yeah, you're, you're absolutely. Like, the ending feels hollow to begin with, but on reflection, it's like, you know what? I couldn't fault it. Like, yeah, I, I don't think it could have ended any other yeah. way. I'd be. I'd be upset if it did. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. Um, 
uh, yeah, wholeheartedly. So one last thing before we move on to our, our ratings in this. I kind of referred to this in several episodes, but um, Aikawa rides a Yamaha TZR250 1KT because I love in these 80s and 90s OVAs where they have these absolutely perfect depiction of uh, Japanese sports bikes, which I was a massive fan of at the time. Um, the, the 250 400cc sports bike categories were um, were amazing that were, were coming out at the mm. time. So I always like, oh, look, it's one of those. Oh, look, it's one of those. You know, <laughs> so... Uh, That's the detail I never yeah, seen. Yeah, you know, it's, it's beautifully crafted. So that, that did make me smile as well. Um, so, yeah, I'd give this like a an eight, I think. Yeah, I'd... I'd give it an 8.5. Yeah. It's short, it's sweet. Um, I say a few little kind of niggles with it, nothing big. But yeah, it is but it is absolutely must-see though. Um, yeah, because I think everyone is going to have a fundamentally different... Yeah, yeah, I agree. And just because of, of how much show don't tell yeah. is there. Yeah. Um, so I'd yeah, be very interested in like... It's one of those... I think it's one of those... It would be one of those... Um, anime pieces that I recommend people watch and that I'd love to discuss. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. cinephiles are you looking for a movie analysis podcast that stands above the rest then look no further than collateral cinema the only movie podcast that matters we analyze good movies we analyze bad movies and yes we also analyze the in-betweens of the world of cinema so if you like what you hear find us on facebook instagram and twitter and listen to us on apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts and yes my friends we are 420 friendly so when you listen to us Smoke it if you've got it. Our next review is Yagami Kun's Family Affairs. This is a three episode OVA released in 1990, directed by Shinya Sadamitsu who did Dragon Half, which we have reviewed on this podcast before, Birth, Gaku Saber and Shinesman. It was produced by Kitty Mitaka Studio and Production IG. Uh, again, it's based on a manga by Kei Kusunoki that ran from 1986 to 1990. 
Uh, Ku Sunoki would go on to write lots of horror manga for the next 20 years after Yagami's Family Affair. Um, never released in the West, but there is a fan sub available. Okay, so a synopsis. Yuji Yagami is a high school student with an unusual problem. Yuji has developed a crush on his mother, Nomi, who is abnormally youthful in both her looks and mannerisms. Nomi, however, is oblivious to Yuji's Oedipus complex and unknowingly tempts him with her overly passionate displays of affection to both her husband and son. The situation is further complicated when Yuji receives a love letter from someone else on Valentine's Day. So, <laughs> this... <laughs> Uh, this is something completely different. <laughs> I have to say, what an extreme juxtaposition. Yeah, I know. That, that's um, why I this, picked these this, two. <laughs> what, this is the first... This is So, like the other one being the first one I've really, like, sort of, like, w- would add to my highly recommended list since Vampire yeah. D. This, this I could not even get through. Really? Like, I watched... I watched I had to skip through after about 12 minutes of the first episode, I had to skip through some parts. Uh, and then the second episode, I had to skip through parts again. And I watched the whole of the third episode. Um, it was just too difficult it's, to get through. It's really bizarre. It's a really... I would argue that the 20 years of writing horror manga after <laughs> the Kusunoki... Kusunoki's best work was this. <laughs> this is the this is the best work of horror I have seen. Because this this is so unbelievably yeah. bad that Yeah. <laughs> I I, 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 I it's definitely got its audience. I have no doubt about yeah. it. Like it's definitely got its audience. But it is so difficult to watch that and it like because there's I like I know for a fact that, that this fad still is, is still going on. Mm. Like there's this like there's yeah. smart anime still being made in this yeah. like in this kind of fixation, but all of them are the exact same as this one. Yeah. They're all just fundamentally flawed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're gonna have to bleep that one out, but it is just that bad. Yeah. Um. I I really wanted to give it a go, and I was like, you've got to give it a go for the podcast. You've got to like at least watch a substantial amount. To have an informed yeah, opinion, yeah. but everywhere I skip to, it's the same joke repeated. Yeah, yeah it is in a different yeah. light, and it's even it's just like it's just blissfully happy with its own uh, discomfort yeah. that it applies, and it's just the same discomfort cycle yeah. every like five minutes within the episode. Not even that, every thirty seconds. So, but anyway, yeah, carry on. it's it is it is a very it's got a very much rinse and repeat cycle through the three episodes. What's really strange of this, so. I can remember through the early 2000s on the various forums, this was something that used to just come up quite regularly, yeah, and kind of held up mm. in some sort of, you know, with, with some sort of high regard. Not really going on... High regard? Yeah, it was it was talked up, yeah, and I, and I never did it really explain that it was, you know, sort of lurid and smutty, but it was just this thing that was, it was there. And I remember... Um, Watching some of Sadamitsu's other, uh, like Dragon Half and and whatever, um, and then was you know when A and N sort of developed its encyclopedia and everything, and was was looking up because I, I remember watching Birth, which is something that we'll review at some point. Um, it's a stunning looking OVA, and again another product of 
bubble era Japan mm. and uh, looked up other stuff that he'd done, saw Dragon, oh yeah, seen Dragon Half, saw then he'd done this. And then I remember finally tracking down a fan sub and watching it and then going, you know, a proper WTF moment. And it's like, what? Yeah. And then after that, I saw like Shinesman and it's so out of character with everything else he's done. But the thing is, is like the other thing I think why it was kind of bigged up because if you look at the other people that were in it, you know, one of the characters, Yokaichi, who was Yagami's teacher, was voiced by um, Akira Kamiya, you know, Kenshiro, uh, you know, Ryo Saiba, yeah. Kazuki Yao, who was Judo Ashta in Gundam Double Zeta, sort of four or five years prior to this. You know, Production ID did some of the animation. I mean, it's not like it's like some. It's got nobodies in it. You know, at the time, these were some quite big voice actors mm. in a big studio. The key animation and the animation uh, direction was done by um, mm. Kazuchika Kisei, who would go on to do the uh, Ghost in the Shell Arise OVA and the Ghost in the Shell new movie, I think, as well. So it's got, you know, these people that uh, I think Kisei might have at that time been probably uh, a bit of an you know underhand, but it's not like... It had talent in it. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and it yeah. had big names. Akira Hamiya, you know, was a really big name when this was made. Really big. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to see how it was yeah. funded because people with weird kinks have got a yeah. lot of money. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, get yeah, your Yeah, it's, it's really it. strange. Um, and that's why I think when I was looking at those forums, it was held in this kind of you know, held in this high regard, probably because of that. But yeah, because it's it's weird, you know, the incest fixation, mother fixation thing, it's like old news, you know, it's they still, like you say, they still do it. It's difficult to know what it's meant to be because it's kind of a bit lewd. It's not pornographic as such. It's just, no, it's it's just uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. In every episode um, and every, within every like 15 second beat rhythm, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah to watch in the middle of when you yeah and maybe it's meant yeah, to be funny i think it's meant to be funny but the funny yeah. is just, the funny is just yeah. sour in because the funny is just it's not even satirical yeah yeah definitely it's not it, it, it it's not even you'd want it to be self-aware but it is just in it's like grotesque yeah <laughs> just in every sense of the word it's just awful piece of media yeah, I, I don't know. It was I. I was so disappointed when I was like going through it because I was like, ah oh, man, if only I'd watched that and then just been transported <laughs> through the world of uh, uh, toy, yeah. and and I'd have been like, oh, you know what, nine out of ten. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you know. But it's just some of the dialogue in it's really strange. Some there's some really strange events in it. You know the way yeah. um, you know, Keiichi and Yuji club together to break up Yuji's parents. Um, know me describing Yuji's penis size to to the teacher Yukechi. Um you know stuff yeah, like that. And that's that. what it it's is. Really it's really bizarre. Like, it it's just like it's it's fulfilling a very it's almost like it was made to fulfill a very specific Yeah, yeah definitely. You know? Like cuz it's like it's it's like it solves that the, the entire story solves itself within 10 minutes to 15 minutes of the first yeah, episode. Yeah. It's just like, oh, do I have an Oedipus complex? And then, you know, shut down by the mother. It's never going to happen. But then, for the rest of the, like, 
two and a half episodes of the OVAs, it's just edging that yeah. concept. It all it does is yeah. edges that. It's like, oh, will the mother like? Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, what's the mother saying this time? It's just yeah. weird. It's just not. It's not good. No. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so so bad. But yeah, I mean, like you'd have to see it for yourself. So maybe there's some merit in that. But like, just you know, just be aware. It's gonna it's gonna be a very yeah, upsetting, definitely. disjointed yeah. experience. Like I said, it's the first one I've. This is the first time I've not been able to finish something, and I, I sat through. Uh, that what's that yeah. mention? That, that yeah, the um, one. Uh, oh yeah, I know what you mean. I can't remember what it's called though. Um, apart that's uh, yeah, Doku Doku Damage yeah, Doku Damascene Apartment or whatever it was called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Doku Damascene No Apartment yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and that one, that yeah, one was yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I I, 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 I barely made it through that one, but I sat through it. This couldn't even do it. I had to, I had to skip through like, yeah. some parts. I had to go. Like just try and establish yeah, narrative yeah. scene by scene as yeah. exactly as I expected it to be. So um, yeah, difficult. Yeah, one and one. it's because it's got this weird structure because each episode's kind of split up into these three little vignettes, which, like I say, keep kind of repeating themselves. Um, mm. There's this bit where there's this new character um, who gets Ikari, who's um, who gives um, a, a love letter to. Yuji, um, but the way her name is spelt um, means you can read it as a boy's name. So there's all this really uncomfortable kind of homophobia. The fact that he's got yeah. everyone thinks he's got this love letter from a boy, which is like, especially in this day and age, it's like it's really, really uh, awkward and and like really inappropriate sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, um, I say it has this kind of rhythm of the school kids making a joke about Yuji and then him flying off the handle and either hitting him with a bat or blowing him up with a bazooka or something. Um, and then this yeah. other character gets introduced, um, Katsuko, who has the hots for Yuji's dad and then tries to break up Nomi and um, Yagami's dad. Um, and they kind of team up. And then there's this weird bit at the end where they're kind of on the street and there's this big argument. And then all of a sudden it ends and he's suddenly over the complex and you know structurally it's just a mess yeah it's yeah it has that big like i guess it's big end ending is the fact that like yeah like katsuko is is hasn't got yeah, it as bad yeah, as yeah, as our main yeah. protagonist because our main protagonist is in love with his mother and it's yeah. like yeah <laughs> this isn't this isn't yeah, relatable. I know. <laughs> none of this, none of this is good. None of this makes yeah, sense. It's, it's a proper um, mess. It's, yeah. um, but like I say, for Sadamitsu to do this in the middle of quite a sort of high-profile career is just really, really strange. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. Um, you know, it's a, it's a really weird time, one. Sure. Um, you know, and as you expect for this type of thing, you know, the animation's awful. I mean, it's very, very basic. You know, oh. complete. There's not a single redeeming no, quality about no. it. Like, not even in no, no not in no, sound design. No. Um, you can argue the voice cast is good, but it's like a cartoonish. You know, so it's not even a, exactly a a complex range of acting. You know, it's it's just this cartoonish idea of yeah, world of smart. Yeah. So, and, and that still exists to this day. So clearly, it's successful. But um, you know, it's not a format that I yeah, recommend. It's, to um, yeah, it's a very, very strange um, 
because it's got everything wrong with it. It's got that like it's got homophobia, which you know it's it's still a little bit of a problem in Japan. I say a little bit. It's still a problem in Japan. Um, it's still a problem everywhere, but it's got that to a harsh degree. Um, it's got grooming. It's got the Oedipus complex. Um, yeah, it's just it's just bad. Yeah, in all ways, it's yeah. distasteful. Yeah, very. Like I say, very very strange. Um, it's just it just doesn't really have any redeeming features. Oh, it has one redeeming feature. No, one redeeming feature. What's that? Um, Ikari, the uh, Yuji's love interest, rides a Yamaha TZR two fifty three MA. Um, which well, there, you, there go. you go. So that's the connection between these two <laughs> anime. I do you know what I didn't remember that until. Um, is they're both driving Yamaha's? Two versions of the eighties TZR two fifties. Yeah. The three MA, yeah. the reverse cylinder, <laughs> is like it's still actually a bike I would like to own today. It's a, a fantastic bit of kit. There you go then. Um, yeah, it's a, <laughs> that takes it from a one to a two. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Ikari is the yeah, most likable character. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's like some sort of hidden meaning thing. It's just like the 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 only only redeemable character in that drives a Yamaha yeah. DZR series. <laughs> But yeah, this it's yeah, it's a strange nothing. There's no redeeming features in it. Um, no, um, no. It's uh, avoid at all costs. But watch if you just wanna. You like it's not even a because it's so bad. It's not even one of those ones that you can tell people yeah. you've seen because they'll be like, "Why yeah. did you watch that?" And you're like, "Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, you can't. <laughs> it's not even a yeah. talking point. It's it's like you know, it's it's just." It's an antisocial yeah, yeah. bit of media, and I do not resonate with it. That that be on record. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, what do you? I mean, was this you? Is this a one with you? Uh, it's oh, a really? no, It's a no, If I could give yeah. it negative, I would. This is that bad for me that I would give it a flat zero. Maybe a zero point one for Akari and the Yamaha. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Like I say, they were two. I kind of plucked them because uh, they were kind of di- they were the diametric opposites on the scale. Hmm. Definitely, yeah, definitely. But at least they're connected uh, by by bikes. Yeah, but there is the and they're both in the um, the red and white sort of Yamaha colours as well. So uh, I think the three MA might be. Perfect. I think it's meant to be Marlborough colours. Um, Oh, Marlborough, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know maybe that maybe that's probably the, the single greatest labour of love within um, uh, within Yagami's yeah. family affairs.
So that brings us to the end of our reviews this week. Um, so next time, um, a couple of films. One, Penguin's Memory, Shiwasa Monogatari and Bremen 4. Um, so they're kind of like war films with animals as the characters. Um, yeah, it's, they're, they're both quite unique. Um, Penguin's Memory especially, that's... Um, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing them, that one. Well, I did a whole essay on animal symbolism, so when I get into it, if there's any <laughs> symbolism to be drawn. Excellent. I'll take a look. Right. Where to, Where find, to find us? You can us? find us on Twitter, at RetroAnime. You can find us on most podcast hosts and services, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Overcast, blah, 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 blah. You know, we're on pretty much everything amazon music uh please like subscribe leave us a review i'm fairly regular user of the anime uk news forums where my username is organ also please follow my mecha podcast uh, retro mecha podcast on twitter at retro mecha and the same hosting sites as this um i think that brings us to the end of our uh, reviews lewis indeed uh do you have anything you'd like to say in summary of them um <laughs> poor Definitely go and see Toei um, and give, yeah, give me a miss. Interestingly, um, our friend Alan, Professor Irony, uh, he'd left a comment on the mm. on the forums saying he'd never heard of Yagamikan's Family Affairs, looked it up and he was like, um, yeah, uh, good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah. So, so true. <laughs> and we, we salute you on this, <laughs> on this sinking ship. For we have taken the shells for which yeah. you do not have to. Please avoid at all costs unless morbid yeah. curiosity yeah. overcomes you. But for anyone, anyone who likes to consume some artistic medium, I would very yeah. much recommend uh, yeah. Toei. It... And thank you, Ian, for <laughs> Well, it's truly an hour and a half of your life you are never going to get back. So, um, like... Yes. <laughs> truly, truly the yin and the yes, yang. Yes, absolutely. Honesty, that's what, that's what I was going for. The yin and the yang within the single episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. And on that note, I think we'll um, call it a day there, Lewis. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. The opening and closing music of the podcast is the opening theme to Brave of the Sun Firebird, copyright to Sunrise Studios. All other music used within the podcast is copyright to its respective creator.